everyone. Welcome to worship. We welcome you to this family worship service on Labor Day weekend. We are actually on location at the Detroit Institute of Arts today. The beautiful Diego Rivera is behind me and all around me. Our theme today is back to square one, when we encounter a Damascus road. Thinking of Paul and his journey on the Damascus road, when everything changed for him, his old life was behind him and Jesus gave him a whole new life that literally began Christianity. So we may not have experienced a blinding light encounter with Jesus. Maybe for some, it's been a long journey or a step-by-step -step journey. Wherever that journey happened with Jesus, know that you have now come to this worship service today and he has come to meet you here. So on this Labor Day weekend, on our Sunday morning worship, we not only give Christ all thanks and praise, we give thanks for all who work and labor for the good of others. I would like to do a shout out to all the kids out there. Kids, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God said, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We come in the name of the Spirit, resting from our labors. Let us worship God this day. Let's sing together hymn number 744, Arise, Your Light is Come.
tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow will have its own worries. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God's story, Paul. So part of God's story is about a man named Paul and it begins like this. Paul was born in a city called Tarsus. Back then, being born in Tarsus was about as cool as being born in an amusement park. So Paul thought he was cooler than other people, especially the ones who were following Jesus. Paul turned into a real bully. He found ways to get people who were following Jesus thrown in jail, beat up, and even killed. One day, Jesus yelled from the sky, Paul, Paul, why are you acting this way? Then Jesus shined a really bright light, brighter than the sun, right into Paul's eyes. Paul couldn't see anything for three days. Kids, never look straight at the sun. Remember what happened to Paul. After Paul could see again, he decided to listen to God. And not just listen. Paul decided to spend his whole life telling people about God and God's son Jesus. Paul knew if he was going to tell people about God, he better get to know God. Paul found different ways to get to know God. Sometimes he fasted, which is when you skip a meal or many meals, and spend time praying to God instead. Other times, he snuck off alone so he could sit and listen to God. Paul said getting to know God was like training to run a big race. Sometimes training for a race takes work, especially if you want to win, just like it can sometimes take hard work to fast or sit quietly and listen to God. But for Paul, knowing God was way better than winning first place, even if the prize is a million billion dollars. Once Paul knew God, he was so excited that he wanted to tell everyone, even people he didn't know. Paul became a missionary. A missionary is a person who goes to new places and tells people about Jesus. And even while he was doing this, Paul was writing lots and lots of letters telling other people about Jesus. Now sometimes, Paul found out that not everybody wanted to hear about God, but he told them about God anyway, just to make sure everybody had a chance to hear. Have you ever tried talking to somebody when they weren't listening to you? The people started getting really mad at Paul when he talked. They threw rocks at him, beat him up, put him in jail, and even tried to get rid of him completely. Guess what Paul did? He said he'd be happy to go to jail, get beat up, and even die if it means more people know about Jesus. Well, God was with Paul when he was getting beat up and put in jail. One night, God even sent an earthquake to open the doors of the jail so Paul could be free. But instead of escaping, Paul stayed to tell the prison guard about Jesus. Later on, Paul was sent to a bigger city with a bigger jail. To get there, he had to take a boat. During hurricane season, one of the storms hit Paul's boat and it got shipwrecked. Sorry. So he had to swim all the way to a nearby island. Picture swimming in the North Pole with penguins. That's how cold Paul was. But as soon as he saw there were people living on the island, what do you think he did? Yep, he taught them about Jesus. Paul never stopped telling people about Jesus and how Jesus loves everyone and wants to help them stop doing wrong things and teach them how to know him. He got put in jail at least four times, was shipwrecked three times, and was even bitten by a poisonous snake. But Paul didn't care what happened. He was so happy knowing God that he just wanted everybody else to know God too. And that's the story of Paul. So in case you missed it, here's the quick version. Paul was a bully who didn't follow God. God blinded him for three days. Then Paul believed in God, and he spent time getting to know God. He decided to tell everyone about Jesus. He was willing to have rocks thrown at him, go to jail, get beat up, get shipwrecked, 
or even die as long as he could tell people about God. And that's a part of God's story. Here we are, my friends, September. And I'd like to welcome you to this month's worship series entitled Back to Square One. In the ebb and flow of our culture, we seem to have these markers on the calendar each year that tend to lend themselves to offering us all a bit of a reset or a fresh start, if you will. And this year has been unlike any other in all of our lives. We are beginning again with this new school year upon us and are all forced to take everything one day at a time because this is new territory for us all. And as this is Labor Day weekend, where cultural tradition takes a collective breath and if you're lucky, you get a day off, and we give thanks for the work and labors of our hands. This year may not be so much of a celebration for many, as COVID has certainly wreaked havoc upon our workforce as a nation. In my own personal world, I'm not sure that I know a single person who has not been directly affected by their jobs by this pandemic, whether they have been furloughed or laid off, or if their positions have been eliminated, or if their positions and job responsibilities have been reworked altogether, and we find ourselves back to square one with relearning how to do the jobs we have or relearning how to do life without the jobs we had. Once again, our good friend St. Paul is no stranger to some of the same things that we find ourselves facing within the midst of our lives and vocations. Now, to my Rosedale boys and girls, you all have been learning a lot about St. Paul all summer long. He's the one who taught us all about the fruits of the Spirit, so you probably know more about him than most, and maybe even more than your own moms and dads. But here's a little reminder for us all as to who Paul is and what happened to him during the course of his life. At one point in Paul's life, he was not a very nice guy, especially to Christians, to people who loved and followed Jesus. He would purposely hurt these people and, yes, even allow them to be killed simply because they believed in Jesus, because Paul didn't want the good news of Jesus to be spread to others. So naturally, Christians were very afraid of him. One day, Paul was on his way to a town called Damascus, and while he was traveling, Jesus suddenly showed up along the road right in the middle of Paul's path in the form of a very bright light, so bright, in fact, that it blinded Paul. And Jesus spoke to him directly and asked him this question, Paul, why are you persecuting me? When Paul asked who was speaking to him, the response was, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. Now go into the city and you will be told what to do. Of course, at this point, Paul couldn't see anything, so his traveling companions led him by the hand into the city where he stayed for three days and he fasted, meaning he didn't eat or drink a thing. Then finally, a guy by the name of Ananias came and found Paul and took care of him because Jesus told him to. Soon, Paul got his sight back 
And he learned through Ananias that Jesus had chosen him to be his instrument to carry good news of who Jesus was to all the people. Talk about getting back to square one. Paul, like so many of us today, found himself experiencing a very abrupt ending to the life that he knew and was comfortable with. And suddenly, the job he once had was no longer a viable option thanks to this encounter with Christ. But does that mean that things were easy for Paul with this new career change? Absolutely not. Because Paul, who is one of the most feared persecutors of all Christians, suddenly had to try and convince people that he was a good guy and no longer the person that he once was. And he had the incredibly difficult task of trying to convince Jesus' best friends, his disciples, of this fact as well. Naturally, they were incredibly suspicious of him, and it took a really long time for them to trust him. So let's read a little bit from the Bible about the first day of Paul's new job, and let's see how it all went for him. I'm going to read from this really cool book called Acts, also known as the Acts of the Apostles, that teaches us all about the early church and the first people to call themselves Christians. Now today I'm going to be using the message version from the Bible, and I'm going to be reading from chapter 9 in the book of Acts. So Paul spent a few days getting acquainted with the Damascus disciples, but then went right to work, wasting no time preaching in the meeting places that this Jesus was the Son of God. They were caught off guard by this and not at all sure that they could trust him. They kept saying, Isn't this the man who wreaked havoc in Jerusalem among the believers? And didn't he come here to do the same thing, arrest us and drag us off to jail in Jerusalem for, sen for sentencing by the high priests? But their suspicions didn't slow Paul down for even a minute. His momentum was up now and he plowed straight into the opposition, disarming the Damascus Jews and trying to show them that this Jesus was the Messiah. After this had gone on quite a long time, some Jews conspired to kill him, but Paul got wind of it. They were watching the city gates around the clock so they could kill him. Then one night, the disciples engineered his escape by lowering him over the wall in a basket. Back in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. They didn't trust him one bit. Then Barnabas took him under his wing. He introduced them to the apostles and stood up for him, told them how Paul had seen and spoken to the, to the master on the Damascus road and how in Damascus itself he had laid his life on the line with his bold preaching in Jesus' name. After that, he was accepted as one of them, going in and out of Jerusalem with no questions asked, uninhibited as he preached in the master's name. But then he ran afoul of a group called Hellenists. He had been engaged in a running argument with them who plotted his murder. When his friends learned of the plot, they got him out of town, took him to Caesarea, then shipped him off to Tarsus. Things calmed down after this, and the church had smooth sailing for a while. 
all over the country, Judea, Samaria, Galilee, the church grew. They were permeated with a deep sense of reverence for God. The Holy Spirit was with them, strengthening them, and they prospered wonderfully. This is also the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what do you think Paul could have been thinking at this moment? I would imagine that an encounter like that or an encounter of any kind with Jesus himself must be pretty awesome. So I think that's a given. But then I can't help but wonder what was going through Paul's mind as he began to come to the realization of what had really happened to him and the implications of what was to come next. I would imagine there was that in-between place for Paul where one realizes that life as you knew it is over and you have to make a move towards the next phase, but it's all a little uncertain and very uncomfortable. So clearly, things weren't all sunshine and puppies for Paul after his encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. Yet, as the scripture said, nothing Nothing was going to deter Paul from pursuing this new career path, even though he faced opposition from all sides, from believers and non-believers alike. One group didn't trust him, the other wanted to kill him. Yet Paul persevered and hung on tight with both hands to this new vocation of preaching about Jesus Christ and making sure everyone knew the good news of how awesome he is and why they should trust and believe in him. So on this Labor Day, a national holiday to celebrate the gift of work and a day of rest from our labors, it sort of feels like we all are Paul in a way. We have all encountered a Damascus road which causes our career and life as we know it to be flipped upside down and almost unrecognizable. Again, Very few of us in our vocations, whether we labor in the public workforce or even labor in the home, we have have not been immune to the impact of this pandemic. And job descriptions and job titles have all changed, causing us to feel like we have to go back to square one and refigure life, just like Paul did. But just like Paul, we, too, have the greatest of, sus- of support systems who meets us along these Damascus roads, the one who promises his constant presence and care, the one whom we can lean on for wisdom, strength, and understanding, the one who knows what tomorrow will bring so we don't have to worry about it. And, of course, that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Remember those words of Jesus's that were written down in the Gospel of Matthew and read for us today by Liam Avis. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And these are Jesus's words to you. If Jesus had said them, why would there be any reason to doubt them? Jesus is a promise keeper, a revealer of truth, a man of integrity and sincerity, a man whose character reveals the manifold nature of God and his goodness. 
So hold on fast to these words, especially in those moments of frustration in your job or in your job search, of doubt and fear and concern for your future and finances, in those moments of weariness in having to juggle chores and homeschooling, in those days of never-ending online meetings, in those hours of loneliness and grief, whether you have had to endure an abrupt ending to a career or even an anticipated ending or a complete change in the way you actually have to perform your job responsibilities, God is with you. Paul eventually figured it out as he navigated from one career path to the next, though we know it wasn't easy for him but we also know how and why he was able to be so successful in his new vocation because of his complete and total trust in Jesus Christ. We all get to head back to square one with the new beginnings of this school year, a fresh start of sorts. And remember, we are all traveling this Damascus road together where everything has been changed. Yet we have the greatest traveling partner this world has ever known. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. As we move into our time of offering, we want to also remember that what we offer is not only our financial contribution, not only the finances from our work and labor, but we offer ourselves too. All of us collectively together can do so much good in this world. Just as we dedicate our work and our labors, both paid and volunteer to Christ for the advancing of his kingdom, for reaching out to others in need, so do we remember that today we are called to give of ourselves in every way. So brothers and sisters, we now receive the morning offering. And know too that if you want to give to Rosedale, that is wonderful. If you want to give to a local charity or organization, a place that you believe in, a fellow nonprofit, that too is good. For truly, together, we can make a difference in this world, helping others in the name of Jesus.
Let us pray. Transforming God, just as Paul did, we dedicate our lives and all that we have to do the work of life, of love, of peace, and reconciliation. Receive our gifts and lead us in wisdom that all we do and all we say be done to show your power and glory. Working God, as we enjoy this Labor Day weekend, we ask your special blessing on all people who labor, either for pay or as volunteers, in jobs or at school. We especially pray for your blessings on workers who do not have jobs and for those whose inadequate pay does not allow them to live the full life you intend for each one of us. Creator God, help us to build a new world in the midst of the old, a world where all workers are valued, a world where those who clean houses are also able to buy houses to live in, a world where those who grow food can also afford to eat their fill, a world where those who serve and care for others are themselves also served and cared for. We pray for the coming of a world where all workers everywhere share in the abundance that you have given us. We ask these things knowing that you give us the courage and the strength to live out our faith in the workplace and in the marketplace, as well as in the sanctuary. Listening God, may this prayer be an opportunity to hold one another in your loving embrace. Today we pray for Linda Blummel, Bill and Caroline Dunphy, Diane Fry, Kathy Elfstone, Debbie Fox, Beverly Forsythe, Ron Hughes, Sherry Lessig, Paul Lumley, Donna McIntyre, Richard Zoll, Diane Trupiano, Carol Weigel, Irene Turner, Al and Jan Prentice. Now, Lord, breathe your transforming spirit into our lives that we will never fall back from the way of discipleship. Grant that we find true joy and peace as we trust in Jesus and as we walk in his ways. Amen.
Beatitudes for Workers. Blessed are you poor who have no work or too little income. God has promised, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are hungry now. God has promised, you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep over unpaid bills, the loss of a job, or your children's lack of opportunity. God has promised, you shall be comforted, you shall laugh. Blessed are you who are merciful. God has promised, you shall receive mercy. And blessed are you who hunger and thirst for justice. God has promised, you shall be filled. Amen. Let's sing hymn 644, Give Thanks, O Christian People. Christian people for 
friends, go in peace, assured that God has heard and will continue to hear your prayers. Remember that no curtain separates us from the presence of the Lord. Therefore, every table at which you sit this week, be it a school desk, a workbench, a lunch counter, a meeting room table, an office desk, a board across sawhorses, your own kitchen or dining room table. Every table is God's altar. So boldly pray, hold fast to hope, and encourage and provoke one another to put love into action. May the peace of Christ be with each and every one of you this week. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thank you.